Have you been hitting the books and listening to lectures all day? It's time to relax, to unwind, and listen up. This is Brooke from Campus Chronicles, your go-to podcast for everything student life. No matter where you are in your academic journey, we have you covered. Think of us as a trusted mentor, friend, and confidant who always has your back. We'll be sharing inspiring stories, thought-provoking insights, and practical advice to help you succeed in and out of the classroom. So get ready to be inspired, enlightened, and entertained. Hello, hello, everyone. I am so excited to introduce you to the dynamic, the wonderful guest that we have here today. Her name is Nicole Tuxbury, and she is a multi-passionate business consultant. She does so many things, as we were just talking about. But if we had to give her a title, we're going to call her a business consultant. Thank you so much for being with me here today. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Brooke. It is an absolute pleasure to be here. Yes, and Nicole and I love each other. I'll tell you guys. So we are going to have a very exciting and hopefully giggle-filled conversation. So here at Campus Chronicles, we really like to touch on the holistic aspects of student wellness. We don't want to just talk about what's going on in the classroom. We want to talk about what's going on socially, emotionally, and even physically. So I know for you, you had a physical challenge happen when you were pretty young. Can you share a little bit about that experience and just walk through what that was really like. So I found out that I had the back of an 80-year-old when I was 21. Um, and like my whole world got turned upside down. Um, but it didn't start there. I was actually in a boat accident when I was like eight, nine, 10 years old. Um, and so I'd had back pain my whole life. But when you're a little kid with back pain, nobody believes you. And so I would just do things normally and... Um, you know, and then it would put more stress on my back. And then I got a job as a server and I got to the point where like my back would hurt every single day. And like, I would come home and just crying. Like it would be like laying down would hurt, sitting down would hurt, standing up would hurt, walking, like it was just living. Like I would put on that apron um, and I would get pain. And my manager would be like, it's in your head. Um, well, it wasn't in my head. <laughs> it was in my back. Um, so I had two herniated discs and I had just done so much damage. And just from all the things, right? Because everything is connected. And so I had lower back pain. I knew I had heard that. But then now I had middle back pain and I had neck pain, shoulder pain. And I thought that those were three different things. Um, and I figured out that all of that comes from that lower back pain, right? Because everything is connected. And so that was in pain. So my middle back was compensating for what my lower back was supposed to be doing. And then my shoulders were like holding everything together. So I was hunched over. It would be like straight in your back. Um, but it hurt. Um, and so when I turned 21, the doctor said, if you continue down this road, you are not going to be able to walk in about five years. So you're done. Um, and so after I cried it all out, right? Because that's like life-changing news. I was like, well, there's another road. That means that I'm on a crossroad right now. And it's not the only road that I have available. So what does the other road look like? And I decided, I realized I had to choose my heart in that moment. Was it going to be, was I just going to continue what I was doing and then not be able to walk in five years and deal with it then? Or was I going to change my whole life so that I wouldn't you know, and I knew, you know, healing hurts, right? Like rehab hurts, like going and getting physical therapy hurts. 
resetting things, like when things aren't in the right place, you know, sometimes you got to break that bone back so that it can set correctly. And so it was a journey that I went down, but I had to learn how to make money again. I couldn't be a server anymore. Um, and so that's where I led to learning how to design websites because I was like, if all these mommy bloggers are making all this money online. <laughs> yes, mommy bloggers. And at that time, there were so many of them. Yes, right. They were all over the place. I'm like, if they can do it with kids, I can do it. I don't have kids. I've got time. I, you know, I'm stuck in this bed. I can't move around. So I want to figure out how to do this. And um, after being in a lot of MLMs, I got a taste of what it was like to not have your income tied to your money. And then I was like, how can I do that from where I am? I have to use what I've got. I don't have much, but I've got a brain. <laughs> I've got experience. And then I asked myself, what do I have 10,000 hours of experience in? And it was overcoming myself. And that's where my book came out of. So one of these times where I couldn't walk, um, I was like, am I going to watch Wheel of Fortune or, <laughs> you know, Jeopardy? Like the price is right. Like when you were sick in school and you stayed home. Or am I going to use this time? And so I wrote my book. And so that all of that writing my book led to my podcast, which has led to now being um, an event producer and host, because now I host summits from that podcast. Um, and that's how you and I met. And so this whole journey has led me down the road to making some amazing dreams come true, like <laughs> getting on that stage and giving other entrepreneurs the chance to get on stage because it's not about me. It's about them. And I want them to make more money. And the more money they make, the more money they're going to pay me to help them make more money. So like, <laughs> you know, we're on a good track. <laughs> well, no, and you took it, you know, so your story resonates me for, with me for a few reasons. Firstly, my sister got two herniated discs when she was 18 or 19, and she was bedridden for, I mean, months and months. And degenerative disc disease runs in my family, and it's never something that's impacted me, but has impacted every other female family member that I have and really been very, very debilitating. So I've seen that firsthand, and I've seen the mental impact that illness can have. And when we think about college, there's so many student athletes, right, that their identity is so tied to their body and so tied to their performance. So that's something to consider too. Okay, you know, you tear your Achilles. What does that look like for you? You break your arm. How does that impact you? Or even in your case, it's okay, this debilitating condition happened. How do I move forward? And it's challenging because you have to pivot. And I know my sister was very similar. Her original career field, she was in college at the time. She couldn't do it anymore. So she had to shift to something that was much more sedentary, much less physical with her body. But the pivot doesn't come without a lot of challenging emotions tied to it. What advice do you have? Because you went through such a profound pivot. What advice do you have for someone that's kind of going through a transition or a pivot? And perhaps it's not even something that they've chosen. I was a dancer. And I remember the coach you know my dancing coach coming up to me and being like hey like if you can't participate because it hurts there's no point in you being here and fuck man you know I was so little and that hurt because I wanted to dance and I couldn't um so I know <laughs> um you know to have your whole future taken away from you it sucks you know and you're like what do I do now um and I learned that that's actually the first chunk of my book is how I learned about practicing gratitude 
um, you know, because I lost my baby. I got pregnant and then I miscarried her. And I was like, well, what now? (laughs) How do I keep going? And that's where I learned gratitude was the only thing that I had that I could use to change my perspective and um, and to decide, do I just want to flounder? Do I just want to let myself melt into this puddle and just disappear with her? Or do I want to live? Like, if I'm going to be on this planet, I don't want to be dragging myself through the rest of my life. Like, that sounds terrible. That sounds boring. So how do I live in joy? How do I do this? Like, if I'm going to live, I'm going to live. And life is so short, right? And and we don't see that in the beginning of our lives. And it's like, oh, man, actually, a lot of years have gone by. How did you start doing it, like implementing joy? Because I know in the beginning, at least in gratitude for me, it can feel quite cheesy. It's like, well, well, gratitude really impact these really big loops and thought patterns that I'm having. So how did you get started toying with it in the beginning? Because I know for myself, I had reluctance. And I think that's true for a lot of people. Yes. And in my book, I talk about it. I was like, it's too easy. It just sounded too easy. Writing down three things that you're grateful for. That's dumb. Like, what's that going to do? But that changed my life. Um, it changed my thought patterns because when you have depression, when you have anxiety, when you have those situations, the things that you're saying to yourself, the questions that you're asking yourself, that creates your whole perspective and your perspective is your whole world. And so if you ask the wrong questions, if you ask shitty questions, you're going to get shitty answers. Um, your brain is looking for a way to answer the questions. And so if you're like, why am I so stupid? Your brain is going to come up with an answer. Right. Um, and so it's, it's it's recognizing when those thoughts come up and then challenging them. If I was stupid, I, you know, probably wouldn't have made it and done all these things, right? And so it's not. So what happened might have been kind of dumb, but that doesn't make me stupid, right? And so practicing gratitude is what changed my whole perspective because it's all it's all happening up here. Um and so Using what I got, I was able to sit down and be like, what do I have? What do I have access to? And it was gratitude that helped me do that. And as you start writing them down, so you start writing down three things every day, it gets kind of hard. You're like, I already wrote down everything. And you start digging, digging deep. And then those are the questions that start popping up throughout your day. Those are the things you start noticing. Well, I'm really grateful for the sun today. I'm really grateful that I have AC. Um, And then when things go wrong, when you're practicing those things, when everything's okay, when things go wrong, now you have a new standard, right? Like we went, we had gone to Universal and I left everything at home. I left my, my recovery sandals. I didn't take my makeup bag. I didn't take any t-shirts. Like I was like, who's this lady that took over while I was packing? And then I realized, I was like, are you going to let this ruin your trip? And I'm like, no, this is exactly what you've been practicing for. This is exactly what you, you know, you're practicing what you're preaching. I'm grateful that I'm here. I'm grateful that I'm having fun. I'm grateful that I can go buy some makeup if I really need to. Um, I, I didn't even, I had actually, I was grateful for having an emergency mascara in my bag. I was like, that's all I need. Learning, having that underlying base of practicing gratitude, it affects everything. Um, because we want to enjoy that. That's, that's enjoying the journey, right? That's, that's what it is. Cause it's not about when you graduate from college and you get that job. It's not about when you have that family and you buy that house, you know, like what's the point of having a big house if there's nobody in it 
because, you know, you're always angry. And so everybody's left you and you have a big house. So what? It's those little things. And gratitude is that just those seeds that start all of it. Um, so you can enjoy the journey, whether you've got the house yet or whether you're working on getting the house. Right. Um, you know, something I said in my book, because happiness is fleeting. Like you get a promotion, like you graduated from school. Woohoo, graduation day. And then the next day you're like, now what? So it's a whole new reality. And so it's getting to those moments and having that underlying gratitude. It changed my whole world. It changed my life. Yeah. So, I, I mean, that's that's where it all starts, right? <laughs> no, and I love that you say practice, too, because when I was starting, you know, it was very small things that I wouldn't normally acknowledge. So, for example, everyone, I have curly hair and curly hair is is one of those hair types where you have good days and you have bad days. And I distinctly remember in the beginning, I was like, I'm I'm actually having a good hair day. But normally, before I started the practice, I wouldn't have acknowledged. I'm just feeling my hair looks good and, and go on. But I was like, oh, I'm really grateful I have good hair. So it is that perspective shift. But it takes a lot of practice in the same way. I, I was a dancer too, Nicole. I don't know if you know that. Where you have to, you know, practice your skills. You have to practice your strategy. You have to practice your timing and your pacing. All those things that go into dancing. You have to do that with gratitude too. And I don't think we give it you know, enough acknowledgement because it's not a traditional sport, because it's not a traditional skill type, but it is. I love the movie, you know, where The Rock, he's, he goes with the daughter and then he does a ballet class, but he does, does a, such a good example, you know, like he goes in there, he's like, oh, this is nothing. And like, he's dying by the end of that class. He's just sweating. And, you know, obviously that thing, but Dance is like that, right? Because you use all those little muscles. There's there's so much that goes into it. Like you said, it's all mindset. Because if you don't love it, if you're not grateful for it, you're just you're just repeating something over and over, right? And if you, you're not going to be having fun because it's literally you're just one, two, three, four, one, two, three, all day. <laughs> right. And you can tell who's lit up by what they're doing and what they're not. And a lot of times that shows through energy, your facial expressions. It's those little nuances in dance. Yes. And in life, you know, and so when you start practicing gratitude for overcoming something, for getting through that homework, it starts leaking into everything else you do. And so, you know, like everything is more fun. Life is more fun. Food tastes better. Everything that you do is just lit up because you have trained your brain to notice what you're grateful for, to notice the details. Um yeah, because I mean, there's there's so much that goes into it. Like we're always overwhelmed. Like we we have access to everything that we want. And so some people are affected. It's not really depression, but it's like this meh feeling. Um, and so if we're not actively practicing gratitude, everything's going to be like, eh. Because we already have access to everything that we need. Like we're so blessed, right? Um, and so gratitude keeps us focused in that moment. And you mentioned, you know, it's kind of like, so easy. But the cool thing about gratitude is that it's a future, future producing thing as well. It's not just about the past, because when we're grateful for things, we like gratefulness is a part of manifestation. So being grateful, we attract more of that thing to us. Um, so like with money, right? A, a lot of my clients, when I'm like, you be grateful, like if you made $10, those are the best $10 you've ever made in your life, right? Because when you're grateful for those little $10, you make a nice space in your wallet. Like one of the activities in my profit machine book is to, you know, being grateful for money, cleaning out your wallet, 
just cleaning out that space and making a comfortable space for money to come into. You're acknowledging, I want more money in here. Um, and you give it a comfortable place because it's energy, right? And when you feel grateful for that money and you're intentional about where it's going and what you're going to do with it. Well, now your brain is like, well, where can I get more money? How can I get more money? Like, And it starts coming to you. And so practicing gratitude and being grateful for what's happened is going to attract more of those things to you. Same with clients. You have one client, you be grateful for that client and you feel grateful for that client all the time. <laughs> and more clients are going to be attracted to you. So gratitude not only helps your perspective, it changes your future. How did you lean into what you were good at? Because I know you mentioned overcome yourself. And I think that's such a clever phrase because we are the number one person we have to overcome, whether we want a romantic relationship, whether we want a better grade, whether we want a, a better job. It's usually you versus you. And we get that wrong so often. I, I guess like it, I really noticed it when I was writing my book. When I had to really be like, what do I have 10,000 hours of experience? Because I wasn't building websites. It wasn't all these things. And I was like, what is it? What, what do I have at least 10 years that I've been doing like nonstop? And it was overcoming myself. And I was like, okay, what does that look like? What does that mean? And so it was in writing my book. And so writing my book is a way of me talking to you. Like I'm getting my ideas out on paper. And it's really one of the things I wanted to do since I was really little. And I was like, I want to be an author. I love books. Like I would sit in the tub before I could read with little plastic books, like pretending to read, you know, reading books was my thing. And I remember being told, well, that's not a real career. Others don't make money. So you need to go find, I know you need to go find, well, back, you know, back in the nineties, like you had to get an agent and then you had to go through the traditional publisher. And so it was hard. It's not that it wasn't a career. It was just, you know, they didn't want me to be a starving artist, I guess. You know what I mean? So they were like, no, you got to get a good career. Um, and don't even get me started. I graduated in 08. So don't even get me started on preparing for a world that didn't even exist anymore. That's a whole chapter in the book. Um, but in writing that book, that's where I realized I need to lean into these things that I thought were my weaknesses. And, it, you know, I wrote it down. I'm like, just me writing this book, this is me talking to you. So this is me leaning into what I was told was my weakness. Um, and then traveling down that path. So I wrote the book. It's been four years in the making. I'm currently reading the final edit that my um, editor sent me. And I've got a book cover. So like, it's all coming together now. I've had to edit it twice. Like I had to pay twice because I sent it to my editor. She was like, this is great, but this is a research paper. And <laughs> now we need Nicole, <laughs> Nicole stories and, and all this stuff in here. And so it literally just like this beautiful labor of love. And from that book, I was like, okay, so how can I market my book before it's even out? And I started the podcast. Um, and taking imperfect action is what led me down that road. Because if I had been scared to start my podcast, which I was terrified to start my podcast, you know, I was like, I'm never going to do video. I'm never going to record. Like I was hiding behind my words on paper. Right. And then it just came naturally. And so I overcame myself. Um, somebody was like, you, you know, vlogging is the thing. And I was like, hand to God, I will never, ever, ever be on video. <laughs> and now that's what I do. <laughs> Um, 
And so it's just been a process of overcoming myself, taking the imperfect action of writing my book before I even knew what I was doing. You know, starting my podcast, my goal was to get to 100 episodes. I didn't even listen. It took me like two years to listen to like the first 10 episodes of my podcast that I recorded by myself because I did not like the sound of my voice. I was like, no, I'm not going to listen to it. I'm dumb. Like I can't. But, you know, a mentor was like, put it out there. Um, nobody's going to listen to your first few episodes anyway. Um, so just go ahead and put it out there, get the experience. And, and it worked. It got me out there. I, I listened back to them two years later and I was like, this is freaking good. You guys, like, and I was talking to myself, like, this is good. <laughs> and so it's just a process of being grateful, using what I've got and taking imperfect action. You have to take action. You cannot think about it. You can't keep planning it. You don't know the right questions to ask until you get started. And so it doesn't matter how much research you do. Um, the day you start, something's going to come up that you did not research. Um, and so you just have to take imperfect action and keep going. And because I took that imperfect action, I'm here with you, Brooke. You know, it's just it's just been a whole process. And you're like, oh, you're ready yourself. I'm like, I'm still in the process. Like, I'm still like unpacking the layers, you know, taking off the, you know, the onion. Well, and there's always another layer, right? I love that you said onion. That's the analogy I used too. There's always another layer of the onion to peel back. And we never get away from that, right? And I think it's easy to pretend like, oh, one day I'm going to be completely peeled back and perfect, but that just doesn't happen like that. Because as soon as we confront one part of, you know, the layers that have been holding us back, we have to confront another one. Let's say they're listening. They're like, I want to try to start overcoming myself, but where do I begin? What would be the two tips for beginners? Grab a notebook, a piece of paper, like do it in the shower, in the steam, I don't care, but write down every single day three things you're grateful for. Um, so that's definitely tip number one. And tip two is take imperfect action. Um, like you said, there's always another level. There's always another layer. And it's the same lessons at different levels. Um, and so, you know, um, don't hate the player, learn to play the game. That's what we used to say, right? Um, and so just take imperfect action, go with the flow and pivot as necessary. You know, um, sometimes your dreams, you have dreams and it's, it's hard to see. You have like a general idea. Like I knew I was going to be on stage, but I didn't realize that I was going to be on stage to put other people on stage. I thought I was going to be the one on stage, but I just bring other people. So my vision is coming out even bigger than I could have imagined. So just keep taking those imperfect action steps and using what you've got. Look around and use what you've got. No, that is absolutely what you did. Oh, my goodness. This has been fantastic, Nicole. It's been even better than I suspected. And as we mentioned before, we we know each other, but I think we learned a lot more about each other in this conversation as well. And we learned a lot about pivots when you maybe didn't necessarily seek because sometimes we seek out a pivot right i'm gonna change jobs or i'm gonna you know in college change majors or i'm gonna leave this relationship or enter a new one those are pivots we anticipate but when it's a pivot that we don't anticipate maybe it's a major heartbreak with your long-term boyfriend maybe it's a failing grade on a class that we thought we were fantastic at that that's where we build that character right and that's where it's most crucial to overcome yourself because you didn't plan for it when we're planning a pivot, you know, we've thought about the emotional consequences. We've thought about the physical consequences. But when we don't plan a pivot, 
that's where we really have the opportunity to peel back even more of the layers. The character development is so humongous in those opportunities in those times. Tell us before we end where our viewership can find your book. It's not out yet. So follow me, um, nicoletexberry.com slash overcome yourself. Um, there's a wait list there. So you'll be the first to get information. Um, so I do have a free summit coming up. If anyone wants to be an author, we have we have so many amazing, well, you know, Brooke, um, best-selling authors that are coming to teach um, and it's all free. So if anybody wants to join us, we'd love to have you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you had fun. I know that I had so much fun with you and that our viewership will have an amazing time as well. Yes. Thank you so much for having me and um, follow me. Like I would love to, I would love to get to know you guys and congratulations on being in college. May you have the whole world at your feet as you graduate. Thank you for joining me on Campus Chronicles. I hope you found our discussion informative, inspiring, entertaining, and fun. We are always working hard to make sure that our episodes are the very best they can be, which means we need your help. If you liked what you heard, remember to hit the follow button on your favorite podcast platform and drop us a review. It helps us to connect with more students who are hungry for success. And remember, the journey never stops. Keep listening, keep learning, keep growing. See you next week for another amazing episode of Campus Chronicles.